says a 20-year-old Manhattan man is going to prison for 24 years for last year's shooting death of a father of five. WIW-TV reports Michael Blake Lane was sentenced Thursday in Riley County District Court. Prosecutors agreed to the sentence when Lane pleaded no contest last month to reduce charges of second-degree murder, robbery, and kidnapping. Lane admitted sh to shooting the 31-year-old and dumping his body along a dirt road on December 2011. Lane claimed self-defense, but prosecutors said that he feared that his partner would talk to authorities about robberies the two had committed together. Another man, 42-year-old Domingo Soto, was sentenced earlier this week to life in prison for aiding and abetting in his killing. Prosecutors described Soto as Lane's boss and said he provided the gun used in the murder. Uh, you noticed in the beginning of that that he said that the victim was a father of five. And um, four of those five have lived out at Steel Creek Ranch, and we have three of them still today. One will be a senior this year, uh, graduating in May, and uh, we're so proud of Xavier. One of them is a junior, and we're so proud of Trey. I bore witness 15 months ago uh, poolside as he was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Isaiah is a seventh grader with us. And so, Still Creek Ranch, for those of you uh, who are unaware, is a home and a school for children. In fact, we're known, uh, known as a therapeutic boarding school. And so all the kids that go to school there live there. And they live there year round. And um, you know, uh, this church's involvement uh, in what we do at the ranch has been so important. And so with what Brother Paul read this morning, you know, if uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, on that day when asked, you know, uh, about those who were sick, those who were poor, those who were in prison. Uh, or if we look in James 1.27, uh, one of my favorite verses says, Pure and undefiled religion is this. In the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself unstained by the world. So in James 1.27, it mentions widows and orphans, and certainly there was a woman who was widowed um, as a result of what I read to you in the beginning, and five kids that were left fatherless. But we know that our God is a father to the fatherless. And therefore, there are three core values that the ranch lives by, and that is gospel, education, and work ethic. And that's been the same way. If you go all the way back to 1988, when the O'Quins uh, were the directors of the ranch, that, were, that was the three core values then. And uh, so I'm so grateful. Uh, I see this church come alongside us in terms of uh, we could look at the, what was most recent, which was the angel tree, and how this church gave generously to make sure that our children had a great Christmas. We could look to the times where you all have pantry drives because uh, the budget can be quite slim at times, and especially as it pertains to how much each house has. There's three boys' homes and three girls' homes. How much they have to be able to use at the grocery store. So they rely heavily on our pantry staples, and y'all have been faithful to provide that at different times of the year where we have a drive, and we so appreciate that. There's monthly support. Um, this church, we're so grateful for the continued 
and gracious support that we receive from you on a monthly basis. And then also, I've been invited in the past year to come and speak to y'all and uh, brought all the kids with us, and y'all fed us in the fellowship hall. And uh, so by your food, you showed your love as well. And so um, I see this church as very giving and very gracious to us, and we're so, so thankful for that. Um, our needs in the new year continue to be much the same, and so uh, we appreciate uh, your faithfulness uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ and your faithfulness uh, to some that might in some cases be seen as the least of these, and we sure appreciate that. Uh, we do have some big events coming up. We have, uh, as the Brian Pro Rodeo uh, ended after 50 years last year, um, Catalina Cowgirls rode for the last time and that sort of thing. Uh, Lions Club stepped away from that. The Catalina family stepped away from that. Um, Still Creek and uh, Sammy Andrews are going to pick it up. And uh, so March 18th and 19th, uh, we're hosting a PRCA Rodeo out at the Expo Center. Uh, we'd love to see all of you out there as spectators, but if any of you feel especially called to serve on a rodeo committee, you could reach out to us in that way. Uh, so with that and many other opportunities around, around the ranch, there's opportunities to volunteer. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that one of the ways that you can come alongside us is in prayer partnership because uh, no great thing was ever done out at the ranch that wasn't built on prayer. Um, Miss Margaret was known for prayer walking and pushing keys into the soil back when she was there. And if anybody asked her why she was pressing keys into the soil, she would look at you as if everybody should know that prayer is the keys to the kingdom. And so, therefore, we have keys stuck on just about everything on the place to remind us of how the place was built. There's a jar of keys in the conference room, and uh, anybody's always welcome to come out and take a key, walk the place, and plant that in the soil as well as a prayer over uh, the future years of children that will come through the ranch and the support that we'll receive. Um, but then finally, uh, financial partnership. I look around this room and I know um, that I see many people who've come alongside us, not just um, through partnership in this church with us financially, but also individually. So I really, from the bottom of my heart, say thank you. And uh, so with that, um, again, our support this year uh, looks much the same as years past. And I know y'all have been faithful and we're so appreciative of that. Um, this one story that I read at the beginning it's just one of many, one of many. We have many kids that come to us through kinship adoptions, meaning that grandparents, aunt, uncles um, have come into custody of children that they never expected to. And uh, sometimes these children have behaviors that are hard to manage. But who wouldn't after some of the trauma that some of them have endured? And I have a great counselor friend that said that all behavior makes sense in context. If we know the context then we can start to work on that behavior. Anyway, we have some great kids. We don't have bad kids. We have kids that bad things have happened to. So thank you all for helping us, and uh, God bless you all. I love my tribe, and I believe my tribe loves me. Amen.
and we love Mount Zion Church. Thank you all for your faithfulness and your giving, and I just pray blessings over each and every ministry that's uh, here today and present today because I founded the House Hope 15 years ago because I myself have been down that journey of drugs and alcohol and made the wrong choices, and I knew Jesus Christ was the only answer. Amen. Amen. And with that, I needed discipleship, and uh, a lot of it because I've been 37 years in the world, and you know, unfortunately, a church doesn't get it on Sunday and Wednesdays when you're lost and been living for the devil your whole life. And, and when you're lost, you don't know you're lost. You're just doing the things of the world, you know. And so the House of Hope is a, is a faith-based 12-month life recovery program for men to overcome their addictions and be discipled in the right way. Jesus walked with his disciples for three years. We walked with ours for one. My name is Brad Brock, founder, CEO, president, and all those titles that go with that man labels on a man, but most importantly, I'm just a servant of the Most High God. And so is this church, Aubrey, and I thank you for it. You guys have raised money for us on several occasions at Christmas, the concert with Justin Todd Herring, and, and just blown us away. And now y'all have just been announced for tithing to us monthly, and I can't thank you enough for that giving and offering. And these other ministries realize that we hate asking for money, but it's a necessity, you know. Uh, I don't get paid a dime for doing what I do. I sow into these men, and uh, they, they, we, we teach them a craft or a trade and let them do things that they've never done. And uh, I don't recognize three of them because they all just got brand-new teeth this week. Amen? Uh, that's what we do. God restores everything. Amen? You see your boy? Look at him. Look at him. I'm going to make you shave his mustache so we can see them all. Uh, Aubrey came and, and asked me to bring a list and, and just tell us briefly about the House of Hope, and that's what I'm here to do. And, and uh, from 530 to 6.30, it's a very highly structured, highly disciplined, because the root word of discipleship is discipline, and that's what's missing in a man's life. And what we do is we do discipline with love. But then again, there is discipline, right? And this. As the Bible says in Hebrews 12, it is not. What? Woodpile. He said woodpile. That's right. It's not pleasant at the time that you're being disciplined, but when you got someone there with reached out arms to catch you after you've got that discipline, and uh, that, that's where it's all about, the love that it incurs with that discipline, like the love Jesus Christ had for each and every one of us. So uh, from 530 to 6.30, uh, they get up for breakfast. It's 6.45 to 8. They have a daily devotion. Uh, where they read and they're just quiet time. We teach them how to do this, so we teach them how to spend time with God every morning like we're all supposed to do. The Bible says to rise up early and go before him, and he'll ordain your, your steps in your day. And we know that when we get in a rush and we don't pick up that Bible and read and get ahead of him, our day can sometimes turn out chaotic, amen? So, uh, and then when the attacks do come and you've had your devotion, you know exactly where they're coming from. Because the Bible says we war not against flesh and blood, but against evil principalities set in heavenly places. And, uh, and these guys, they're, they're, they, they know how now to handle an attack with the word of God. They read that daily bread every morning and they have to answer three questions. What are those three questions, gentlemen? Huh? Somebody stand up and say them. You got it? They have to make a journal of that each and every morning. Those journals are picked up and looked at. And if they are not giving back into this ministry that's given to them, 
you'll either be asked to leave the program or grab you a stick of wood if you want to stay and walk all day long with a big old piece of wood on your back all around the program for, for hours. And, uh, you know, it's my, my goal that the only piece of wood these guys pick up be a toothpick after eating. But, but unfortunately, I don't, I don't have that job. It's not that easy. So after daily devotion, they have to do house chores. Eight to nine, they work detail, dispatch, work phase. From 12, they have a class time with teachers and ministers that come in, and I invite you, if you feel led, Don, by God, to, to come over and teach a class. We have 18 different teachers and preachers from every denomination that show up and just teach the Word of God to these men. Amen? And uh, it's just amazing how God provides those teachers for discipleship. Uh, at 12, they have lunch, 1 to 3, class time. 3 to 5, they have free time. There's a weight room there. They get to go out and do a little stuff. And, and 5 to 6, uh, class times, we have Wednesday and Friday AA meetings, but we don't do 12-step. We do 13-step. So Jesus Christ being the first step, and then we ordain the other steps and, 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 and encompass them in what we do with Jesus Christ being the blood for the first step, the higher power. And so uh, it is open to the public. Uh, some court systems uh, make people go to AA meetings three and four times a week. And we live in a very small town, and because the House of Hope is there, they're able to provide those meetings for the courts. Uh, and uh, if we feel someone is struggling, uh, we'll reach out to them in those AA meetings. These men will encompass them, and, and, and I'm talking about just flood them with prayer and love and tell them it's going to be all right. And uh, they're, just, they're, they're happy to serve. See, we teach servant leadership at the House of Hope. All these men are going to be disciples that will be sent out after a year after they graduate. Go into the world and be productive citizens and disciples of Jesus Christ. They learn how to share Jesus. They learn how to share their testimonies. And this just isn't a one year of, oh, I'm going to take it easy and kick back. This is a work-oriented program. And these men, look at them. They're beefed up and they're buffed up and they're fed up. And, uh, and uh, then, then, then at, nine, at 6 p.m. we have dinner time. Seven, they have nightly class time and Bible study. Teacher comes at night, 7 o'clock every night. Um, and we have Miss Webbers. She's an alcohol licensed programmer, uh, got a degree, and she gets into these men's lives and, and counsels with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis for, for hours. Uh, they have evening chores at 8 to 9. At 9, they're in the dorms. At 10 o'clock, lights are out. Friday night, they have a little late night. Saturday, we have leisure, phone calls, still have work details going on, on-site visits, and at 1 p.m., we have a I love this. I love, only God could do this. We have a 90-year-old man by the name of Fernie Lord, L-O-R-D. And he, he gets out that little handicapped car, and he drags that guitar in, and he sits down in that chapel, gathers these men up, and they just have an old-fashioned uh, Baptist singing. And these men, he teaches them those songs, and, and uh, you know, you got to listen to the Lord when he comes. Amen. So only, only Fernie can do that. And Sunday, as you know, we visit any church and every church. We're at a different church every Sunday uh, with these men so people can see where their uh, donations are going to and, and, and see men clothed in their right mind that have, that have been in jail, that that's perfect scripture that y'all read, uh, what you've done for the least of these, you've done them to me. And that's what we do to these men here. So Arby asked me, uh, Brad, what are, your, what are your, our church wants to know what your necessities are, your daily needs. And uh, it's kind of ironic, I'm, I'm sleeping, I'm speaking number two here, and our, our, our number one uh, concern is toilet paper. So <laughs> some of that went over y'all's head, but if you're a redneck, you'll catch it. Uh, and he's already asked me if I picked it up yet. So, 
But uh, toothbrushes, toothpaste, deodorant, shampoo, body wash, razor, shaving cream, socks, underwear. When a man checks in, he checks in with nothing but the clothes on his back usually. Some men have come from good families with a lot of money, and addiction knows no social class. And unfortunately, they've just made bad choices, and, and we're here to get them right. But, you know, when you take a man who's been living on the streets, first thing you do is hand him a hygiene kit with, with clean underwear and socks. You know, it, it speaks volume to them that, hey, Man, I haven't had these in a long time, and here God is meeting my needs. And, and uh, underwear, shower slides, towels, body and face, bedding, pillows, laundry detergent. You can imagine how much laundry detergent we go through washing clothes for 60 men. Uh, yeah, we have bleach, disinfectant wipes, spray, Fabuloso. You know, uh, when there's a shortage of that, I get blamed for it. But you know what? I sure like that place when I walk in that door with 60 men to smell that, woo, that good smell and aroma. So uh, we got brooms, dustpans, and stationary uh, notepads. Uh, I just want to tell this church thank you from the bottom of my heart. Aubrey and I met each other uh, through ministry. That's his story to tell, not mine. And uh, it, we've just uh, been partnered in the spirit ever since. And uh, we're here to serve you other ministries that are here today. Uh, I hate asking for anything, but I was told by the higher power here that I had to because I know that God provides everything, and he answers our prayers even before we ask. And so I just want to thank y'all for what you've done for the least of these. You've done unto Jesus. Amen, and thank y'all very much. God bless you. My name is Freddie Johnson. I'm from Huntsville, Texas. I come from Huntsville, Texas. I was born of seven other brothers and sisters. I'm number five. I chose the low road to do the opposite things my parents them taught me. I had two wonderful parents. They're going on home to be with Jesus. But I chose the low road, and my other brothers and sisters just about retired off all their jobs, but I just chose to want to sell drugs and use drugs. My father went blind on me and he asked me to get straight, but I didn't do it for him, I did it for myself. I called Brad, he saw a picture of me, he said, you don't look like you've been doing drugs, but it, I, was, I was out there. So he sent me into the house of hope, and as you can see now, I'm a miracle. And I thank God for what y'all have done for us while since I've been there. Great job. And I'm going to Oklahoma to work on a pipeline as well. Christian pipeline. Yes. And I just thank God for no, it. The only Christian uh, pipeline company that has their own uh, savings and loan bank. And I know the two brothers, and uh, 
they, they've just been wonderful. And they said, hey, you're getting graduates, we'll take them, we'll hire them, we'll pay them good. Yeah. And so these guys, are they're, they're taking what they've learned and they're going with Jesus and God has blessed them for their obedience. You got to wait, got to finish the race and the blessings come in God's time, not your time. Don't jump off the ship till you get your blessings, guys. Do you hear me? Amen. 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 Hey, you didn't tell him about the lawnmower. That's one of the most powerful testimonies I think I've heard. Tell him about that lawnmower real quick. <laughs> Brad had a lawnmower in the back of the building. And I called him. I said, Brad, how much you want for the lawnmower? And he kind of tried to get I away. I just bought that lawnmower for $200. Yeah. And I was going to donate it to the yard crew. Because we go out and do yards for money and stuff like that. So go ahead. I told him I wanted to buy it. And, uh, and he asked me what I wanted it for. I said for my father to take care of his place. And uh, he always wanted a big lawnmower like that. And he said, I'll tell you what, you can get it. And I took it home, and, and when I got it home that one weekend, the next weekend, he passed away. But he came in and he told me, he said, man, you, my daddy was blind, but I told him he had that new lawnmower, and I showed it to the family and everything, and he was so happy. And I think that's when his dad knew that his son was okay, that he had brought him presents like the wise men did and knew his son was on the right track. And I, Freddie, I think with all my heart, your daddy was holding on before he went to see Jesus to make sure his son was okay. That's what we do at the House of Hope. Amen. Amen. Now, now look, I'm going to tell you something about Joey real quick. I've known Joey for how many years? Fifteen years. Fifteen years. He's been with me ever since I started the House of Hope. And I've been working on this young man for that many years, watching him stumble, watching him check in, watching him do this. And finally, he was on the streets of Bryan over here and uh, called and, and said, Brad, can I come back one more time? I said, Joey, you going to give me a full year this time? And he said, yes, sir, I'm done. So here he is right here. Amen. He graduates Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, this program, you got to pitch yourself in. If you want to get fixed you know, on the Holy Spirit, let the, um, I came into the house of hope. I was broken because I didn't know where I was going. I, I've been honest. I was almost homeless. The devil took everything I had. And I came to, I came to the house of hope to get my life back where it needs to be. Because I'm right here. Like you said, I have teeth now. You know, without that, you got to be obedient. Obedience is better than sacrifice. If you ain't obedient, God ain't going to bless you. Look at me. Look at, I'm graduating. It's all God. It's not me. Because without God, I couldn't do it. And I appreciate you, Brad, for allowing me to come here. I appreciate you. I love you. Yeah. Uh, tell you something about Joey. Uh, as you can tell, uh, Joey uh, gets a check from the government. And uh, people have taken advantage for Joey for over years uh, because they know he gets this check. And they let him live with him, but then they take all his money. And so Joey's been grossly taken advantage of uh, because of his condition for years. And uh, our rules and guidelines say that if you check in and you get a check from the government system, we get a part of it because we're housing you and feeding you. In 15 years, I have never enforced that rule. 
But what I do do is I put a savings account there, and every bit of that money that you get is for you once you graduate the program. And Joey is walking with over $10,000 or more for the first time in his life. He's got that much money because he was still and he waited on the Lord to do what he's going to do. And uh, that's what I'm telling you guys. Don't walk out. Do not walk out before your blessing. Ma'am, I think you're next. Come on. Thank you. God bless you. I don't get a hug. Well, good morning. My name is Phoebe Simmons, and I serve as the Executive Director of Family Promise of Bryan College Station. And I tell you what, my heart is filled right now, I tell you. Um, the, the ministries that you guys support, you know, besides ours, it's just amazing. You have no idea what you do and how it impacts families. So Family Promise is a program for homeless children and their families. So Back in about 2007, there was a study done on the number of homeless children in Bryan College Station. And back then, it was about 300 homeless children. And these are the children that are, um, the school district keeps up with the numbers, and it lets you know about how many people are not in their own home, or they're doubled up or tripled up living with family or friends. And um, so over the years, the numbers kept climbing. So Family Promise is a national program, but we have an affiliate um, office in Bryan. So our office opened in 2008, and I started there in 2009. And each year, the numbers got higher and higher. Last year, at the end of the school year, that's when I get my number going into the new year, it was over 1,000 homeless children. And so that was the need. We needed a place for families to kind of start over, a lot of our families are not the ones that are chronic homeless. It's just something happened. They ran out of money, there was an illness, there was a fire. Something major happened, and they could no longer sustain their own home. And so families come to us for up to 90 days. I'm proud to say that we have a, a track record of within that 90 days, our families are in their own home again to start over. And so what you guys do with your financial support, with things that you, your drives that you do, I tell people what family promise needs is everything you need to get up and get ready for your day. So everything to wash your face, you know, get dressed, everything that's needed to, to start your day is what we need. So it never, it never really changes. And um, so, you know, everything from the clothing to the toilet paper, everything that was mentioned here, it's the everyday stuff. And these are the things that, you know, you guys have supported and helped and the money that you give help us to continue to um, give to the families. Uh, our families come to us at, at no cost, so there's nothing that they have to pay for out of their pocket when they're with us. We try to allow the families to have a regular life during that 90 days with us. Um, so we, uh, we've done proms. We've done, when I say done the proms, we get the outfits for the proms. We try to make it as normal as possible because the, um, the little kids, is like, it's, it's nothing. They don't, you know, they just think they're at a, you know, a hotel for the summer or something, you know. But the teenagers, it's like, no, I don't want anybody to know that we're here. So we try to protect that as well. So sometimes we don't give names or we don't give whatever, but um, the families, I tell you, God has really smile on Family Promise of Bryan College Station. We have a community that is so giving, and you guys are part of that community, and I cannot tell you how deep it goes. These families' lives and hearts are changed. Now, we are a faith-based program, but we don't force Jesus on anybody. But I tell you, we are supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. 
So when someone comes to us, church is not a building. Church is us. So this is what these families feel when they get there. So some of these families have, have stopped going to church, never been to church, whatever. But the love that they feel from people like you that comes and just, you know, just give from the heart. Some of them are like even suspicious of why would they give to us? I mean, it's just people don't understand what true love is and love. Jesus love. Jesus is love. And that is what we're supposed to be sharing every day. You know, with it, you know, people should pass by you and know, whoa, something's different about whoever that is. They should feel it, you know. And that's what you guys, I feel that from you all for um, sharing with us over the years. And so our families, again, they, um, after that 90 days, we track them for two years, so we still stay in touch with them. We still make sure they have um, access to different things in the community so they can continue their lives. Um, you know, getting to home is just half the battle. Getting back into an apartment or getting back on their feet is just half the battle. They still have to sustain it. And so that's what we, uh, we do to continue to help them sustain that while they um, are getting, you know, back into the groove of everything. So in a nutshell, that's what we're all about. Family Promise is for homeless children and their families. So if you're, you know, a homeless adult with no children, you don't qualify. You have to have children in your care under the age of 18 to um, be a part of our program. And, and that's what we're all about. It's not just for the Bryan College Station um, families. I mean, if you are, you know, in Bryan College Station, you're homeless and you qualify, you, you will um, be a part of that. So we are, um, again, just grateful for what you do. Um, don't think that, you, you know, no gift is too small. And I, I don't mean financial, because a lot of people think when you're donating, they think money. It's not always the money. It's the prayers. It's just the thoughts. It's just the, you know, and I always tell people, the best thing you can do for me as a director is just pray for me, because it's a lot when you're helping and, and when you're a, a helper that loves to give, you know, it can, you know, you have to kind of regroup because you're giving. And so when you're giving, I need prayer for, you know, I can get re-energized, okay? But I, I love, you know, I don't, I, I don't think it's by chance that God puts us in certain places and, um, and, and puts certain things on our heart because people are praying all over the world for something and, and God has to pick somebody to be the answer. So we're all just, you know, helping to answer each other's prayers by giving and praying for one another. So um, um, I didn't uh, have a speech because I like to talk from the heart because that's just the best way to, to tell you about things. And, um, but we have, um, we, we move kind of slow. I told we kind of like a locomotive, but a slow moving train because these families get individual um, attention when they're with us. It's not a cookie cutter system. So whatever it is that that family needs, they may need a tires for the car or, you know, we don't like pay like credit card bills and things like that. But the necessities is what we make sure those families um, continue. We make sure if they have anything in a storage that we are paying that storage bill. Again, 90 days. We can, we can sustain that for 90 days because it's important that families um, try to maintain their dignity through all of this, and we, we try to help them maintain that. And um, the things that you guys do for us is just simply amazing. And I'm just so blessed and so honored to um, be at Family Promise and be a part of all of you who help me do what we do. So with that being said, I am, again, grateful and thankful, and I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart for what you do for Family Promise of Bryan College Station. Thank you.
Awesome, thank you. Good morning. It's a beautiful Texas day. I was, I was in California 32 years and it's beautiful there, but um, Texas is my home. And driving here this morning through the countryside was just, it was just very peaceful and lovely and it's good to be in Texas. <laughs> so my name is Carol Dodds. I'm from Hope Pregnancy Center in College Station. We are a ministry devoted to helping women and men choose life for their unplanned pregnancies and to choose an abundant life in Christ. Not only for themselves, but for their children, because we know when someone lives a life in Christ, they're going to choose life for uh, the pregnancy they're carrying and any future pregnancies. Our mission is to honor God to serve others, and to celebrate every pregnancy. Our hope is that women and men will cherish their pregnancies and nurture their children in a Christ-centered environment. To accomplish this, um, this is just a list of our services. We offer free pregnancy testing, uh, ultrasound, options consultation, parenting education, material assistance, pregnancy loss support, and more. This congregation has supported us for 19 years and given us tens of thousands of dollars over that time and the consistency is um, so important and so appreciated you are one of our longest and strongest supporters and we are I cannot tell you how grateful we are um, when when times are bad and we all know they have been these last few years um, to know that you can count on um, the the church to be there with you is um, it sees you through um, so we we can't do anything without the support of the Christian community we don't charge for any of our services we don't bill the government we don't bill insurance everything we offer is completely free of charge to our clients and so if it were not for the um, volunteer prayer and financial support of the Christian community, we would not exist. <clears throat> one of the beauties of operating that way is that we can share the gospel with every one of our clients if they allow us to. All of our clients allow us to pray with them, and 94% of them have heard the gospel just this past year, and that's pretty standard. We do ask their permission. Um, we do have a spiritual discussion with them to to see where they are spiritually and how their home life was, and then if they will allow us to share the gospel, we do so. And in 20, we lost track of our uh, data for 2021, and I'll tell you why in just a minute, but in 2020, we had 39 women uh, make a decision to follow Jesus because they came to us with an unplanned pregnancy. Um, in 2021, in the snowmageddon, the ice storm, whatever, <laughs> The um, uh, pipes froze in our, in our attic, and, um, you know, College Station was turning the power on, off, on, off, on, off, and over a 36-hour period, our power went out 30 times, and um, those were between 15 minutes and 45 minutes each. 
which I know because our Xerox machine kept turning off, you know, when the power go, and then it would print out an automatic report when the power came back on. So I was like, oh, so that's when it went out. Anyway, um, thankfully, we had some water alarms on the floors, and um, the pipes burst, and um, there was somewhere around 3,000 gallons of water that came down into our ceiling and through the ceiling and into the building, and all the ceilings dropped in, and they were soaked, and it was just, it was wet. And so um, we actually had to, uh, and I'm just thankful for those water alarms because I knew it was happening, and I was there within 45 minutes, and we were able to get the water turned off. But our whole building was um, destroyed, and it was taken down to the slabs and the studs, the slab, one slab, and the studs, and, um, and rebuilt. And um, so it was, and our insurance, there were some, a few problems, so there was probably about $65,000 of the repair that we had to cover ourselves. And um, if it were not for churches that faithfully support us, like Zion Church of Curtin, we would not have had the ability to pay for those repairs, and we would have been without a building. Um, so um, we are so grateful that you are part of, we're back in the building as of September 1st, and uh, things are going smoothly again, but the reason I don't have the data for 2021 is it was just a crazy year. Everything we had on paper was destroyed. Um, all of our records were destroyed, and um, uh, we were, you know, we just, it was trying to figure out how we're going to keep providing services, but God was able to um, keep us going with a trailer in the parking lot and a mobile unit that we borrowed from another pregnancy center so we could do ultrasounds there, and we kept going. And I do know of at least 20 decisions for Christ in 2021, but I believe there were more. And we were still able to have over 2,200 client appointments, even though we were operating out of a trailer for eight months. So, um, and that's only God that, you know, it's the heart of others that, that helped us through that time. So many times we don't know um, at Hope Pregnancy Center, we don't know the impact we're having until years later. There was a girl who came to, um, to see us, I'm thinking it was right before the flood. Anti-Diluvian, right? Anyway, um, uh, uh, she was um, looking around the building and she was taking pictures of her children in our building. And we, we asked her, you know, can we help you? <laughs> and um, she said, um, I love this place. This is a place of peace to me. And then she told us her story, that she had been there two years prior um, looking for an abortion. She thought we were an abortion clinic. And um, she found out quickly that we were not. Her boyfriend was, was pressuring her to abort her child. And um, through us, she found the courage to stand up to him and say, no, I, I want to keep my baby. Um, but um, we didn't know that. Because when she left, she'd had an ultrasound. Um, she, we'd shared the gospel with her, but she left not knowing what, what she wanted to do. She came back a year later, and she had that child with her and was pregnant with another child. 
and she received the gospel that day and accepted Christ as her savior um, because she went to hope because it meant peace and comfort to her. And that's what we aim for is our name is, you know, there are a lot of pregnancy centers named Hope. We're not related to each other, but it's just such a wonderful word for a pregnancy center because um, when, you're, when you have a child, whether it's planned or unplanned, it is a life-changing event, and um, it's frightening. No matter how wanted that child is, it's frightening. And imagine if you, know, you, you didn't expect to get pregnant, you didn't want to get pregnant. It's really frightening. And hope, and, and that hope comes from Jesus Christ. The only way that we help women choose life is through Jesus. We give them information that they're not going to get at abortion clinics. We give them love and care and attention and a moment to take a deep breath and, and think about what they're doing and make a rational decision based on the beauty of Jesus Christ and the beauty of, of the gift of life. We don't pressure anyone uh, about Jesus. We, you know, we, if someone doesn't want to talk about Jesus, if they don't want to share their spiritual story, they don't have to. We, our services continue for them regardless. Um, but it's just a beautiful opportunity to, um, to help them find uh, a life in Christ. 60% um, of abortions are coerced, and 95% of those are coerced by the father of the baby. So um, we see a lot of that, and we've started a men's program to meet with the, the fellas when they come with the moms, and um, we're, it's growing. Um, we need some volunteers for our men's program. Um, we have uh, some chaplains who will do the training um, to prepare men for that. We also need women. Um, the way that we are able to steward our funds wisely is through volunteers. And so most of our direct client services are through volunteers. And we have a training program that's ongoing. Um, so if anyone is interested in volunteering and having that opportunity to talk to those women or those men in their time of need and share the gospel with them, that our doors are wide open for, for your help in that area. Um, okay, let me tell you Oh, yes, one thing I didn't want to forget to tell you. I have to have notes. I, I forget everything. I'm old. It's okay. Um, in February, we are starting uh, a round of our post-abortion recovery Bible study. So if you have had an abortion or you have been involved in an abortion decision, it's open to men and women, but they meet separately. Um, we have a 10-week Bible study. It's very intense in Scripture, very deeply buried in Scripture. And... Um, it is called Forgiven and Set Free. And I went through it. I had an abortion myself when I was 18 years old. And that's why I do this ministry, because I know I made a mistake. I was walking with Christ, and then I turned away and fell into sin and compounded that sin by having an abortion and compounded the pain of sin by making that choice. And I, um, I want to help other people not make the mistake I did, or to heal if they did. And so we do have this Bible study. It's starting in February. If you're interested, you can contact us. Um, I'll leave some of our, um, our cards on the front. You can just call the number on the back. And um, if you're interested in volunteering 
or in uh, participating in that Bible study or gaining more information. And so we have some big events coming up. Um, our greatest needs for, for tangible donations are diapers and baby clothes. And um, we prefer new baby clothes. We can use used baby clothes, though. And we um, keep them up to 18 months. And usually the newborn is one of the best um, ages to get clothes for, um, for our, our, our clients, because they go through a parenting program, a 12-week parenting program. And um, when they complete the program, we bring in a local church, which is another way you could participate with us, to do a baby shower for them. And so the church will come in and, you know, they provide the gifts and we can help financially if that's needed. And just like, a, you know, games and cake and, you know, balloons and things like that. And we celebrate their pregnancy. And, um, and so it's a great time when we've been sharing the gospel. We're not a body of believers meeting on Sunday morning. So there's only so far that we can go. And so when those, those people who have made a decision for Christ or are almost there or want to hear more, um, they need to be discipleship. They need to become a part of the body of Christ. And those baby showers are a great opportunity for um, our clients to be introduced to a local church and get involved. And, um, and so it's kind of a continuum, uh, a spiritual of care, spiritual, spiritual continuum of care um, um, for us to hand them over to a church for discipleship. And um, when, they, when they complete that program, the 12-week program, they get a diaper card. So they can come in once a month and get uh, four bags of diapers and two bags of wipes and um, they can do that for 12 months. And then also they have baby bucks they earn and they can shop in our boutique and get all the baby items they need. And that's where the newborn clothes come in. Um, and size three and four, we're always running out of size three and four, just to let you know. So um, next week is actually Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, next Sunday. And um, this tradition started under, I think it was I know it was Ronald Reagan, I think it was 84. Was he president in 84? Yes, okay, it was 84. Um, and uh, it's commemorating the anniversary of the Roe versus Wade decision. Um, it's a somber commemoration, but we wanna celebrate the gift of life um, in, in the face of what the Supreme Court did in 1973. And so, um, um, we uh, have speakers who can come out to churches. I'm here today, um, but the main thing is that we, we want to celebrate life next Sunday. And so we used to have a big barbecue, um, and uh, we had it at Bryan High School, and C&Js would provide the food or different places, and um, the, the school quit renting out equipment, uh, space to us because of COVID. And so last year, we did it as a drive-through um, and in January, outside, and the weekend before and the weekend after were our Snowmageddon days, but God cleared up that one day so that we were able to have our drive through barbecue, but we didn't know what was going to happen this year, you know, with everything, the weather and COVID, so um, we're doing a profit share next Sunday with CNJ, so if you go to CNJ Barbecue um, anytime next Sunday, the 16th, I have some um, flyers. Um, if you're interested, you can take these, give them to CNJ, and 15% of your purchase will go to Hope. 
Um, you don't have to have the flyer, you can just mention us. And another thing we're starting next Sunday, and it doesn't have to be, if you're interested in doing this, um, it, it doesn't have to start next Sunday, but we're setting it up this, that way this year, is our baby bottle boomerang. And so we have baby bottles that we send out to the churches. They're actually little banks, and you can put coins and, and dollar bills and checks and things. I used to say put your, your treasures in there, but they, it's such a family oriented fundraiser families will bring a bottle home and the kids will put their allowance in it and all this it we started finding little tiny dinosaurs and cars and things like that and it's like i really appreciate your treasure and i've saved every one of them but then i started getting advil and things like that in there too so i guess that was mom's treasure but um <laughs> anyway um but we're really looking for cash coins or checks but anything is fine. So anyway, if you're interested in participating in our baby bottle boomerang, we'll bring the bottles here and they're distributed to the church and you um, fill them up and um, we're collecting them on Valentine's Day this year. We used to do this Mother's Day to Father's Day, um, which is a great time, but um, we're doing another spring fundraiser, a new one this year, so we moved this one back to this time. Um, and in the uh, spring, we're gonna have a walk for life and it is going to be a family carnival type atmosphere it'll be at Wolfpen Creek and um, I will be sharing a lot more information about that um, to the churches through the mail and also February 1st we're having a meeting at Hope and I'll be in touch with Aubrey um, about that um, but if you are interested in the baby bottles you can do them any time of year um, and keep them out for a month or so and then have, have them come back um, in and, and we'll pick them up or whatever works for you. So I have a couple of flyers on those things that I'll put out in the in the foyer. Um, I just wanted to to end with um, with one thing. Um, there's a great deal of darkness in our world today. That will never be the case at Hope Pregnancy Center. We are not only 100% pro-life, but we are 100% pro-love. It shows, like I told you about the girl who came in to see us because it was a place of peace and comfort. Our love shows, our compassion shows. Um, when, when people walk into our building, even our new building, it was before and again, you can see them relax and know that they're in a place of peace and love. Um, we exist to glorify God. That is our whole purpose. Um, and it is only in him that we find peace and hope. Thank you for letting me speak today. I want to ask real quick before we go to the Lord's Supper. Brad, would you come up? James, uh, Phoebe, would you please come up here? And, uh, and then, let's see, BJ and Jeff Plotz, would you please come up here? BJ and Jeff. So I want you to put some faces together here real quick. And again, I can't tell you how thankful we are. I, I've served here five years. And I will tell you, we, we have a really neat uh, women's ministry that I just listened to all of you. And then I know we're going to be able to really even meet more needs. And that's really cool about the, uh, the nurse, the uh, shower. For yes. the, yeah. That's outstanding. And then I know Shelly, is Shelly Jenkins? Shelly Stasny. She, she's sick. She's kind of ran our Bible, our bottle, baby bottle thing. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. 
But I wanted y'all to meet. So Phoebe and I know you talked to him on the phone, but uh, Phoebe and Carol, this is BJ. He's our deacon. He's your deacon. So not only is he our deacon, he's your deacon. All right. So this is the voice you'll. And then Jeff, James, Brad, that's your deacon. So yeah, yeah. So this is what we need. We, you know, God has blessed us. He continues to bless us. New members, financially, people that are willing to serve. God is amazing, and so, but this is good for us, because this is the Matthew 25 ministry. Amen. And I just say this before we go to our Lord's Supper. You know, we do, we live in a dark world, but if you're listening to CNN or Fox or MSNBC or NBC or ABC, all you're going to hear is darkness. And, and you know, just like Elijah, when he was so worried about Jezebel and the darkness of the world, God reminded him, he said, there's 7,000. And I'm going to tell you what, there's light. There are people that are taking care away of, of the broken, thrown away kids. Broken, thrown away. We choose life. Right. Christians choose life. We choose life. Family, I had no idea of the number of homeless kids in this community. None whatsoever. My own son has been through a residential treatment facility. This is light. This is salt. This is the sweet aroma. And I hope that you've been encouraged today. And when you look at all this darkness in the world, God has positioned faithful men and women in place where he will be glorified and he will not share his glory and his glory will not be resisted or even restrained. So there is hope in this dark world. And again, thank you all so much for everything. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. so thank you. much.